Excellent. So you guys should watch Kingsman. Uh, watch who? That's what I've heard, and I watched a scene from it that was an action scene in a church, and it made me want to watch it. Honestly, that's the goriest scene I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty intense. I was like, "Oh, holy yeah. shit!" Um, it uh, that movie has one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a movie ever. Yeah, and that's you know, and you know, contrary to popular belief, I've seen a few movies. I was gonna see of the three movies that you've seen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I have seen uh, Kingsman, and I really, really enjoyed it from the very beginning. Just total roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what have you guys been up to? Uh, I just read the book, The Martian. I highly recommend it. Ooh, there, that movie that movie's that. coming out here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how I heard about the book, and so I picked up the audio. Uh, I picked up the audio book and, and just got done listening to it. It's, it's, it's ah. Sorry. Parker, what's <laughs> going on over there? Every time, <laughs> every podcast. Just, Hang on, guys. I got to move the bottles. <laughs> little, little, little in fact, he uh, he actually broadcasts from a cardboard box in an alley near his house. <laughs> All right. um, the Martian. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, if you don't know the story, basically, uh, this guy gets marooned on Mars, and it's it's all about sort of how he survives there, and and it's 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 definitely a hardcore you know kind of nerd movie, but it's or book in this case, but it's awesome. It's really really good. Um, if you get a chance to, even if you just watch the trailer, you'll get a, get a kind of a feel for it. But um, yeah, the book is the book is fantastic. The, the trailer is spoilerific, though. Like I, it is. Yeah, you got to turn yeah. it off before the two minute mark, or stuff starts happening <laughs> that is clearly like supposed to be kind of a surprise. And I hate that trailers are doing yeah. that more and more nowadays, where it's like. Hey, well, yeah, thanks for uh, showing me the whole movie trailer. I appreciate that. Like, I, I <laughs> prefer the... a movie trailer that, that like, you're wondering what the movie's going to be about after you see the trailer. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, man, that and yet, looks kind of cool. Still get, and, yeah, and, and yet it still gets you excited about it. Like the Star Wars one. Yeah, the Star Wars the Star Wars teaser, the Interstellar trailer uh, a year mm-hmm. or so ago was, it was just, you know, just lots of cool images and stuff that t- kind of, yeah. like, Hey, this is going to be like crazy sci-fi, like 2001 Space Odyssey, but we're going to tell you nothing about the plot. Like you're going to have to nice. guess about yeah. what the story is going to be. Although in the in the in the Martian, there was, it was a cool D and D reference, which was nice. Um, he's uh, again ruined on Mars. That's not really a spoiler. Yeah. Um, and, and at one point, he's uh, you hear his side of this thing basically in all, in all these log entries, and he, and he's talking about how. Uh, you might not know, you know, know by looking at it, you know, but I was kind of a nerd when I was a kid, and and uh, uh, I used to play <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, mm. I, used to, I used to always play a cleric, and and the spell that I never took was was creating food and water, and I would give <laughs> anything to be able to cast that spell right now. <laughs> That's amazing! <laughs> what a cool reference. <laughs> That's awesome. Like you can yeah, always tell good. when when someone makes a reference to D and D if they actually have ever played it or not. Yeah, like oh, you yeah. know, yeah. someone's like, "Oh yeah, like I spent many a, many a night in my mom's basement drinking Mountain Dew, playing D and D." It's like, well, you're probably just playing upon stereotypes of the game. But if someone's <laughs> like, "Yeah, create food and water, man," that's a good spell. You're like, "Okay, you've actually played the game. I, I got you. I got you." <laughs> yeah, you can tell, like uh, Jim Butcher in the Dresden Files. You know, he's played yeah. it because yeah, he yeah. references it a lot. Uh, but you know, another example of one of those. You know, you probably really, if you've played it, it's not been a while, or you're you know, taking advantage of the stereotype is. Uh, one of my least favorite episodes of Angel, when uh, Joss Joss Whedon um, he he wrote D and D into the script as the it was the guy from Office Space, the nerd guy from Office Space, <laughs> Michael Bolton, who's right. who's saying he's saying it started with Dungeons and Dragons, and now I've been I've been going to a demon brothel for like seven times. <laughs> it's like, are you shitting me? <laughs> it's like, what? That's actually, you know what? That's a good question. What is the, what is the best, like, um, representation of Dungeons and Dragons that you've ever seen, like on TV, in movies, wow. in a book? What is it? Ooh, wasn't um, there a scene in ET? ET, yeah. Yeah, there is a scene in ET. For that time period, that's probably the most accurate, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. as far as positive representations go, yeah, Stephen Lynch. It's it's tough. <laughs> I uh, I'd have to say for me it's a it's a tie between um, the show Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if you guys have watched that show, but um, the last episode of the series, um, you know, the whole series is built upon. There's a group of freaks and there's a group of geeks, and the freaks are all like the like the badass burnout 
guys, you know, smoking pot under the bleachers and the geeks are all the, you know, Star Wars D&D nerds and they invite mm-hmm. the geeks invite one of the freaks to their D&D night. And he comes kind of reluctantly, but he's kind of lonely. And so he he comes and he joins them and he's like, all right, so how does this work? And they're like, well, you're going to be playing, you know, you're going to be playing the dwarf. And he's like, I don't want to play a dwarf. Like, why can't I be, you know, a big strong guy? And they're like, oh, <laughs> dwarves are awesome. You know, they're so hardy and resilient. And he's like, all right, well, my name is Carlos. They're like, Carlos? He's like, yeah, Carlos the dwarf. But he ends up <laughs> loving the game. And it like, it just has this montage where they're all just having such a good time. And the dungeon master is like describing things. And one of them is getting up on the chair and like, you know, kind of miming, fighting with a sword. And at the end of the episode, um, the freak that the geeks invited goes, you guys want to play again tomorrow? And they all kind of look at each other and they're like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he leaves and they all look at each other and go, does this mean we're cool now? <laughs> uh, there, another Joss Whedon one. There was a, uh, was, I think it was like the last episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And they're they're preparing, you know, the, it's kind of the night before this epic battle that you know, you know, to to fight off evil, and mm-hmm. and they're sitting around a table, and and um, they're they're talking and say, okay, so uh, if we if we go through this door, we're going to run into a demon there, and then and then you know, and you think they're talking about the battle, and then they sort of pull back and says, okay, roll d twenty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and they're actually playing Dungeons and Dragons before the, before fighting actual demons. <laughs> Is awesome. There's a another <laughs> good couple episodes of the TV show Community uh, have D and D in them. Oh, yeah. um, they're not perfect representations of how the game is played, yeah. but they capture like the feel of it pretty good. So, and the the first mm. one is pretty funny because one of the one of the guys that doesn't get invited to the game actually like reads the module and knows all of the secrets and then like sabotages the game like intentionally. <laughs> like he's like, I know exactly where all the items are and right, I know where right. this amulet is that lets me control the dragon. And there are I don't know if there, I don't know if there are any that really because a lot of times it's used as a in more of a comedic fashion. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think of any where it's it's either just kind of matter of fact or. Or not, or not, you know, in a more serious, like actually presented light. in like a serious light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, like I said, I guess ET would be <laughs> the only one I can think yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory is a comedy <clears throat> show, and it, you know, it showcases. You know, they don't play Magic: The Gathering, but they play right. their weird game where they all take turns playing a card in a circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and yeah. you know, say what you want about Big Bang Theory, I will. That show is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> That show, that show just irritates me. I just I get oh, incredibly man. irritated by that show. Same here. There goes, I, that, there goes that endorsement for our show. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yep. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I've spent all day in the recording studio because I've been making music mm. today, mm-hmm. and until we had a lightning storm. And, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've ever made music, listeners at home, but save your shit. <laughs> Press the save button. Especially when you hear thunder outside, because yes, when yeah. I when I heard thunder, I was like, "Oh, that's perfect! It's perfect for setting the mood, so I can make music." Because I love rainstorms, and then all like I'm in the middle of this guitar riff or something, and then all of a sudden it's just like, and it's like, no, a solid that solid fifteen seconds just staring at the screen, oh, that holding sucks, the guitar man. sadly. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it fixed up, but we're good to go. Uh, I'm hoping that by the time that this podcast is released. I will actually have uh, my music website up. That would be great. Oh, nice. On it. And uh, if you're listening and you're interested in that other facet of my creative life, you can find that at uh, masonlakemusic.com. And if you go there and it says, this domain name has already been taken, but there's nothing here, then just check it a week from then also. <laughs> I'm, I'm a busy guy, all right? Busy guy. <laughs> got time to park the domain, don't got time to put the website up. Also, I hope everyone enjoyed that sick Sick, sick, awesome Cthulhu-based game that uh, yes. Alex ran. For I us. cannot was... wait to to do part two of that game. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. Yeah, we'll definitely set that up again, and we'll and and we'll make sure we get that up on the on the podcast for the people who were listening to it. Listening to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I I killed two Yetis. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Now, what is another thing that somebody playing in a role playing game? might may or may not kill teletubbies okay teletubbies uh other players did you guys not see the topic for tonight's show the topic uh, is is killing other characters right i thought it was teletubbies nope. no oh 
Well, you know, after, you know, if, if, if you do kill another character at the table, you know, you could always bring them back from the dead. Oh, snap. Oh, oh, <laughs> holy segue, Batman. <laughs> it's Sunday, June 21st, 2015, and you're listening to episode 13 of Roll Up and Die. Are you saying he's dead? Not lying down dead, my friend. Walking around in my fucking cell dead. What do you got to say about that? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Roll Up and Die, your uh, necro... What is it? Necromantic? Necromantic. Yes. Okay. Necromantic, yeah. That sounds romantic. Then your necromantic RPG podcast. Uh, my name is Barker. My name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And uh, yeah, that's our topic for today. And because, Alex, you are so renowned as being someone in the, kind of the darker art of gaming, tell me about Undead. Well, there's there's a lot of different kinds. Saying Undead is kind of like so saying monsters. It's It's a huge range of undead from the most mundane zombie all the way up to liches and uh, death knights and uh, you know those sort of things so you there's, there's there's quite a range in between going from the com- just completely mindless to the brilliant supervillain undead and the thing they all have in common is that they were formerly a living thing that is now dead and is animated by uh, either sheer will and the infusion of negative energy. That's the dictionary definition, okay? anyway. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Now, they're super cliche. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of something that's become one of our staples is that, you know, take something that's really, really cliche and try to make it interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we should start by going around in uh, a circle. Uh, a hypothetical circle, digital circle, <laughs> and naming something super cliche about undead in a role-playing game. So, D12 time. Alex, you're one through four. Matt, you are five through eight. Okay, it fell off the table. So that's a 12, so that's me. Um, I'm just going to come <laughs> out and say zombies. I mean, it seems like every... Zombies and skeletons in, in your mm. D&D game. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, there are ways to make zombies and skeletons interesting, and I'd like to go into that in this podcast, but uninteresting uh, miniatures on the table zombies. So, Alex, you're next. Nope, nope. That's Matt. Uh, something that I always think of when I think of undead is like the 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 skeleton guarding something. Like, that's, that's like a huge cliche in D&D of like, mm-hmm. you walk in the room, you see, you know, a sword lying on the ground, and there's bones. And all of a sudden, the bones kind of you know, start standing up and collecting themselves and you realize it's a skeleton or, and it's just a mindless guardian, no will of its own. It's been placed there by some sort of, you know, wizard or a curse or something like that. But that's, you know, when I think undead, that's probably one of the first few images that kind of pops into my head. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. And Alex. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it's a cliche, but it, it kind of bothers me that most undead don't, People don't consider them having a backstory, right? You know where where they came from. Uh, again, one of the main features is that they are undead. They were, but they were once alive. You know what made them undead? What, um, what what created them? What drove them to it? Were they self created? Were they? Was it a, a huge traumatic event that that caused this to happen? Some mm-hmm. great battle or whatever? But there's no there's usually no backstory involved. It's just they're there, mm-hmm. and right. there's there's no kind of indication of why they're there and um or where they they came from yeah so i I guess for me it's 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 seeing them as two-dimensional i think is a problem i think that's a that's a a thing people get stuck with yeah i always you know i would say more so than any other creature type in a typical fantasy rpg Mm. game undead have the greatest capacity for us to have sympathy for them because a lot yeah. of the time they're they're tortured souls they you know a lot of the 
in most cases, you know, their deaths were not good deaths. They died in horrible ways or, um, you know, died, you know, uh, with unfinished business or, or things that they still felt compelled enough to do to actually return to their, to their bodies in some form or another or, or return as, you know, spirits. But I think, you know, what you're saying, Alex, we don't think about the, the background or the, or the history or, or the, uh, the origin of these undead. Well, most of the time it's, it's not good. They, they come from very dark pasts and, um, are usually trying to find some sort of peace. That's, you know, for most undead, at least, uh, you know, non sort of, uh, you know, sentient undead, they're, they're just sort of blindly carrying out some sort of goal in order to be at rest in order to be at peace. Right. There was something that drove them to it or yeah. a, 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 a significantly traumatic enough event. And that's that's what that can sort of be reflected in um, maybe how they're dressed, where they are. Yeah. Uh, there can be clues about their person as to what, you know, where they came from. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I, I, I like the idea of like, you know, you're you wander into this old, you know, temple that. Uh, you know, was devoted to, you know, this, this old God. And you find in there this, this skeleton wandering around draped in the robes of one of these, this God's followers. And you realize, you know, this guy, you know, either died here in the temple or he, he tried to get here on some sort of pilgrimage, but somehow he, he perished in this process. And now he's Mm -hmm. wandering these halls forever, you know, and it, you know, maybe he was, a totally you know decent person in life but now he's sort of you know cursed to wander these halls for all eternity until you know he does something yeah one of my favorite undead uh entities from uh you know from fiction is the headless horseman yeah Mm -hmm. you know nice uh it's it's a great it's a it's a great character it inhabits a specific area it has a history behind it and it has and you know an activity that it's trying to fulfill you know it has it has something that it does right so <clears throat> when creating kind of an undead uh area i think it's important for a gm to look at what you know what the what the place is why they would be there and come up with a history for it come up with a history for why why were these people traumatized what what was it was this place hit by some sort of horrific plague was it hit by uh, was destroyed by an evil, you know, necromancer, and and the dark energy just sort of infused the place. Right. You know, find find a good reason for them to be there, and uh, a good backstory, and and yeah, make them sympathetic. I mean, you can make almost any sort of undead, at least uh, slightly, uh, if not sympathetic, certainly would get the characters kind of thinking about it. Um, I think I talked about this. Uh, during Brigade Con when I, when I talked about liches, but ha- having a, a rich backstory to even a lich can mm-hmm. can give the players a reason to sort of think, wow, you know, kind of understand why he became what he became. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's a, a lich is sort of a unique undead creature because a, mm-hmm. a, a, that is a process that is undertaken willingly. Um, and it is yeah. a very um, involved process. I think any way <clears throat> that you can take this undead and turn it into a real person yeah like you're like you're saying alex you mentioned uh mm. what, what what are they wearing you know and and to answer that question you ask yourself what were they wearing when they died yeah. what did this person do for a living okay so were they uh a, a butcher they're gonna have a bloody apron on you know um <clears throat> uh, and a meat cleaver and a meat cleaver <laughs> oh no i think that's a little cliche classic um, but like you know what uh it might be dark for some but you know undead does not discriminate age so young kids you know a a small zombie little girl clutching a teddy bear yeah there's a uh, an image from a recent episode of game of thrones that will haunt me until i die that was was, you know little kid zombies so yep yeah i've done that spoilers (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, oh, shoot, I just had a thought and then I lost it. I'm sorry. That's all right. I, <laughs> I uh, um, you know, another, another thought I had is, and I did this once in one game before is, um, it, it, there was a plot of a game I was running where the, you know, the, 
it was one of my first games, so it's super cliche, but the, the, the inside the crypt, <laughs> this cult was raising the undead, and the undead of this ancient elvish crypt are coming out, and they're going to attack this small town that's nearby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the small town that's nearby is actually, um, I mean, that's their crypt. So yeah. when the undead come out, like this, some of these characters are fighting their dead uncles. Right. You know, like, right, yeah. So people that, like, what if your characters know these people? Or knew them in a sentimental way. Uh, that's a that's a, a whole different and cooler way to just drive it home. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, I had that. I had happen. <laughs> take a drink, folks. I, I, in uh, when I ran return, it was a uh, return to Castle Ravenloft, mm. and um, one of the characters died, uh, and uh, immediately reanimated as undead, and so. The uh, the other players literally had to, you know, they were really upset that, that she died, of course. And then they see her reanimate. Now they have to kill her again, essentially. It was it was a really... Uh, oh, man. Uh, you know, it was a be- beautifully, you know, role-played scene, and, and it was very disturbing. But um, I think one of the things that is, is missing a lot with Undead is that they're not... Uh, people aren't really as scared of them as they should be. Yeah. They're not, they're not terrifying enough. Uh, I think they've become so commonplace that a lot of players just like, oh, zombies, okay, we can kill those. And they don't really kind of think about what that would be like to see these animated dead. And I think that part of the challenge of a GM is to make them scary again. Right. And to make and, and to, to bring that terror along with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, undead are so, I mean, they saturate multiple genres you know there are Mm, there are sci-fi you know games and movies and tv with undead fantasy horror like how how what are some ways that you can make an undead like legitimately terrifying and i think alex you you have a good thing of like you know have it be someone familiar or someone that they know or um you know someone that they're at least aware of but like what are some other things that you can do to actually make an undead creature just not a oh it's a zombie all right i take out my mace and i hit it in the head you know like what can you do not Mm. let your characters see what it is at first okay you know the whole idea of there are bones scattered about and you see the bones assembling each oh it's a skeleton like okay right i know i've seen that page in the monster manual i I know this (laughs) um but like let's say you're on a a spaceship you're doing a sci-fi game and you have like dead space or you know some sort of undead uh, what is it? Event Horizon. Chug your beer. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and let's say that, you know, this zombies, space zombies or whatever are going to attack. You know, don't just have space zombies attack. Have your characters hear them. Like, hear something in the vents. And then they keep going, you know, whatever. And then, you know, they hear something else or now they smell something that's rotting and they go into like, and it's coming from this room, and they open the door, and it's just completely dark, and you don't know what it is, and then boom, space zombies, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you can. Uh, the best way to scare them is before combat, because during combat, it all gets mechanical for a lot of players. There's not much. That's when you know your description of what they're wearing, and you know who they were before they died. That's when that comes in. But uh, um, un- before combat, you know, just hide them. From your characters, just let your characters know there's something terribly terrifying going on, right. but they don't know what. Yeah, I ran a. Uh, there's a. Uh, I think it's a Lamentations of the of the Flame Princess module called uh, mm-hmm. Frost Death Doom. I think is what it's called, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the title says it all. But I, I ran it for Halloween this year, and it's one of those modules where nothing happens for like an hour and a half. Like it, the the PCs arrive at this at this you know, underground temple and they see all sorts of, you know, evidence that some sort of really evil cult came here. And there's, I mean, there's bodies everywhere. The catacombs are literally just, just hundreds of dead bodies, but nothing happens. And they keep waiting and they keep waiting. And just when they're like, huh, maybe the bodies aren't going to come alive. Then the, all hell breaks loose. Like the, the part of the module is literally called all hell breaks loose. And it's every single corpse that they have passed by and been like, oh, I bet that's a zombie, <laughs> but it's not coming to life 
gets up and it just starts charging down the hall towards them. So it's like they're at the end of the dungeon and they just hear this thunderous din as just thousands of zombies start running towards them from the front of the dungeon. And they're like, "Uh, we're backed into the back of this dungeon and there's an army of undead coming towards us. And just the the look on the players' faces when this happened was just like, I gotcha, I gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha this time. Alex, were you going to say something? About something? I I was. uh, hmm. What about intelligent undead? Yeah. I think that's... uh, that's Honestly, intelligent undead are, in a lot of ways, are not even considered undead because they're smart. Because undead is almost synonymous with... uh, Brains. You know, and, you know, (laughs) a vampire is undead. You know, and a vampire is super intelligent and... You know, has a harem and just, you know, tons of other, you know, vampires spawn around him or her. And it's just, it's, you know, how do you make, in how do you make undead characters that don't seem undead because they're more human than dead? Right. Uh, how do you make them seem like they are undead? Well, I think you have to start again with the backstory. Find out, you know, deciding how, you know, why they became undead in the first place. If they're intelligent, like a lich, then they did it like Matt was saying, through sheer force of will to become this thing for some reason. And, you know, so figuring out what that was, was it, you know, a lust for power? Was it for perhaps, an, you know, he started out as a noble purpose. He was trying to uh, bring back a, a lost love. And so he's been studying this necromancy for so long to try and, and bring this person back. Um, you know, find out what their motivations are, where that, you know, why they became what they became. And uh, I think you can also sort of expand it a bit, too. I mean, a lot of undead that maybe aren't supposed to be intelligent can can have intelligent features about them. You know, if, right. if, a, if, if an undead was created in a certain place, kind of like, you know, the whole ghost thing where the ghost goes through the motions of being alive, but um, but obviously isn't anymore. It's just, you know, sort of broken Instinct, record. In, kind of yeah kind of instinctual you know going over the same behavior again and again just on and autopilot. so they can, yeah 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 and and so there there can be signs of that and you can also change it up too i i did one where you know it was it it, it looked like the typical trope where they were being attacked by zombies and i you know i i, I made them the very descriptive so it was still pretty pretty scary and they're fighting them and all of a sudden one of them said something in relation to the zombies and one of the zombies turns and looks at him and the, you know, they, they could tell it was just a little, this little glint of intelligence in this zombie's eyes. And, and all, and all of a sudden, you know, they were like, Oh shit. Right. <laughs> it, it, it knew what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly it's a, it's a different, it's suddenly a very different situation. Now these, yeah. they think these things might actually know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that is that can, I mean, humanize the undead and also make them, mm-hmm like even more terrifying you know because i think part of the reason why undead are not as scary as they should be you know paired with the reason you know with the with the whole they kind of are oversaturated the idea of like well they they're not intelligent they're just mindless they're completely mind like if you close a door they're just going to sit there and bang on the door and not try to open the knob you know what i mean but right if 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 they do show that glint of intelligence, if they have, if they have the gleam of cleverness in their eyes, it's like, oh mm-hmm. no no no, we got to stay away from that one. That one knows what's up. Um, and I think uh, just having them, making them more human. I know that seems counterintuitive, yeah. but you know you're tempted to like, oh their guts are coming out and like their the, half their head is gone. It's like no, make a make a zombie look more human. To make it be more and act more human, to make it more terrifying. Give them a gold tooth and a wristwatch. Like. Yeah, exactly. Have them check the watch, <laughs> have, holding the newspaper, checking the wanted ads for a job, that sort of stuff. <laughs> you gotta get a job, Benny. Get a I job. Guess. Zombie can't get a job in this town. <laughs> I think it's interesting because every time we do this podcast, I learn as much as I, you know, teach. If I hopefully I teach anything or you know profess any sort of idea, but I learn from you guys tons. And, uh, you know, one thing I've learned just in this episode is that, you know, in order to make your undead better undead, make them more human. Yeah. Take yeah. away some of the qualities that would that would generally make them undead. And because the things that are 
the scariest are sort of familiar and recognizable. You know, there you think about things in movies that terrify you as a kid. It's stuff that is familiar to you. It's stuff that seems like it maybe could exist in some way or another. You know, it's something that just has something a little off with it. You know, a ghost kid or a a clown or something like that. You know, it's stuff that is recognizable. Yeah, I mean, you could have it something like where the, where the players go to see someone about a job, and he seems like a regular, maybe a little pale, and they're talking to him, and then all of a sudden he, he kind of you know takes off his hat and puts it down, and he's, and you see that part of his scalp is missing. You see beetles sort of crawling across yeah. it, and, and and burrowing in, and, and you really they realize suddenly he's undead. Yeah, uh, but but talking to them matter of factly, you know, as a you know as any client would. Yeah. See, I love that. That's that's. That's really cool. Well, I also like the idea of undead, even zombies that don't really know they are. Yeah. You know, I've always yeah, liked yeah. the idea of the ghost that doesn't know she's dead. You know, do that with other people. You know, the, the zombie that doesn't know that uh, he's a zombie. The werewolf that doesn't know that he's a werewolf. He just wakes up yep. in a different place, you know, or yeah. something. So, I, I yeah, that that whole innocent undead you know, the idea that someone is in need of help from you, but holy crap, this person's evil. I, I got to kill this person. Right. But hold on, man. This 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 person, you know, is looking for their little sister. Like, you know, what what do you do then? Yeah. Well, cool. Um, all right. So we talked about zombies. We talked about liches. We talked a little bit about ghosts. I mentioned vampires. What the hell is a death knight? <laughs> uh well, technically, a death knight is a uh, is a paladin that that fell from grace and um, was turned by dark powers and became, um, uh, you know, became his own form of undead. It's it's sort of it's sort of the, you know, the paladin's version of a lich, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I su- I suppose in some ways Darth Vader was a kind of a death knight, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so certainly, certainly, it wasn't quite quite not quite undead, but. Pretty, pretty close. <laughs> He's yeah, more exactly. machine than man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I always see, you know, knights are supposed to be protectors of, of you know, weak and, and, and upholders of justice. And a death knight is kind of a perversion of that. You know, they take yeah. all of the skills and all of the, you know, things that they've learned, all of their martial prowess, and they use it for, for evil. And not only that, but they're sort of immortal because they, they're undead. Um and yeah, like like you were saying, Alex, it's kind of a, the paladin's version of a lich. It's kind of halfway between a, a lich and a like a uh, an anti paladin. And and they can make absolutely great uh, villains for your for your oh, game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, uh, either a big bad guy, or probably more terrifyingly, the second in command of a big bad guy is kind of their their chief, you know, yeah. guardian or whatever. Which you know would have to make the the character, the players wonder what well, if, if he's like the second in command. <laughs> who's who's giving this guy orders? I don't want to meet him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Death knights make great uh, uh, lieutenants. Uh, I, that's how I, I have always used death knights as you know the enforcer for a lich or an evil wizard or something. like oh, that. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, corruptor. No, corruptor's not a death. Damn knight. it! Don't worry. Oh, that was, oh, I thought I, I thought I caught you. No, the corruptor is not undead. I'll just put that out there. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, th- there you go, Matthew R., who asked what your opinion is on Death Knights. And oh, okay, so cool. That's that what you brought up. But I think we should definitely pick a question for someone, to, uh, someone of you two to answer. Okay, yeah. Okie dokie. Maybe me as well? I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. We... All right, what are some new... This is Ben B. Ben B's all up in the questions all the time. He is, man. Boom. What are some new interesting ways that undead can be created? Um, hmm. Like a reason why they exist. And this reminds me of, you know, something you said, Matt. They're always protecting something. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. they've been brought to life to protect something. And I think, right. honestly, I think that's a pretty good reason for them to exist. Um, but it's used a lot. So right. what's another reason for them to exist other than protect the treasure or serve in my undead army? I like well, the, uh, the accidental undead. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I've done like a oh a meteorite falls and it creates this aura that you know 
creates undead or, you know, a wizard accidentally does it because he's tampering with forces he doesn't understand or there's magical pollution in the sewers and that creates, you know, undead rats and, you know, there's a bunch of bandits down there that die and become undead, stuff like that. So, you know, don't always, don't always, undead aren't always intentional. You look at Shaun of the Dead, they're undead because they're staring at cell phone screens yeah. all day and they're just going through, they're becoming zombies so they turn into zombies. I thought that was the best one. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, look at, you know, accidental reasons why undead would spring up because then it's like they're a completely unchecked problem. There's nobody controlling right. them. Well, that's it. You're going to have two kinds. You're going to have, like you said, the accidental and the ones who are created. Mm-hmm. And I think you can even run them differently. Uh, yeah, like you said, the accidental ones are ones who are were the result of some significant trauma, usually. Yeah, or or you know a horrific event, and so they're going to be sort of either replaying um, what happened or trying to fulfill something they didn't get to to fulfill in life. Yeah, whereas ones who are created are you know raised by a necromancer or something something equally horrible, and they could be run like a tortured soul. So that maybe, maybe part of this person's soul is actually pulled back with the body when it reanimates. And so, uh, yeah, maybe there's a way to show that these things are being forced to do what they're doing and they just want to be at rest, but whatever is controlling them, it adds a, a kind of an extra layer of sympathy, uh, to the creatures because now, 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 um, now it's not just this zombie's trying to kill you, but this part of this person's soul has been dragged back in, into this corpse, and it doesn't want to be doing what it's doing, right. and it has to do it anyway. So maybe yeah. maybe it's going to you know tell you in a, a very run-down version of the common tongue, you know, kill me, please. Like, yeah. end this for the love of God. I can't handle this anymore. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I like that a lot. And I think that's part of the thing too. Is if you can, the more you can change up your undead, and and again, um, take any anyone you can think of, and just change it a bit. There's you know that that's what the whole thing is about is about making making each one unique, even amongst zombies. Right. And this is uh, this is something I'm going to make a video about pretty soon. But the. Um... I had a thought that, you know, if you have your your characters are fighting a bunch of undead, you mm-hmm. don't have to describe every single one of those undead, you know, a, a, one of those zombies as, you know, oh, well, this person was a butcher, this person was a blacksmith, yeah. this person's holding a teddy bear, this one is singing into a microphone because they died at a karaoke bar, like, this person is <laughs> sipping on a, John, a gin and tonic. <laughs> like, all you really need is one or two really good ones. So yeah. like they're cutting through zombies and you know after the second one they kill all of a all of a sudden you see this one like you know that was that has a a, a ship captain's hat on and a uh, a massive shark bite out of his side or something you know and he he comes up and tries to stab you and, and if you if you I'm sure you can come up with something better than that but if you just describe one or two of them really well it it almost makes your players feel like Every one of them is described that well. Right, it helps the imagination for sure. I mean, and if I could advise like one thing when you're just when you're taught when you're presenting undead to your players, it's really describe it. And again, this goes back to the whole make it horrifying idea. You want you want these things to be just so terrifying and and to try to elicit that horror from them. Whether it's you know whether they're more gory undead that have you know, pieces missing and just, you know, describe that and get all the senses. I mean, smell, you know, the, the, if it's a mummy, you know, think of the dust that comes off of it as it's going and the dust is sort of, you know, in the air, sort of falling on the, on the players as they're fighting it. And then, uh, cutting into it, sending up big clouds of dust that just kind of spray in their faces. And, um, anything as, even as they're fighting it, they're getting covered in, in just undead carnage. And, um, so address all the senses, smell, sound, yeah. you know, what's, what, what, is, what, what sound does it make when the, uh, when, the, when this undead creature sort of clenches its fist and you, you hear the tendon sort of, you know, uh, uh, kind of creaking beneath this dry dead skin, you Ooh, know, yeah. I, I had, I had undead trolls one time and, um, <laughs> when, when, the, when, the, when the players came up, came upon these undead trolls that they didn't, the trolls didn't see them at first. And what they were doing was. Uh, they were going about what they used to do, 
which was to eat rats in this uh catacomb system so they so they, they were still trying to eat rats and i'm trying to describe them they're, they're, they're still chewing them up and they're managing to sort of force them through the digestive tracts and but they're coming out the other side just you know kind of just mashed up <laughs> right <laughs> you know take a drink <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> but yeah different kinds of undead too like i, I love yeah. the, the idea of, of of undead trolls for some reason yeah, I mean, that's something that I, I think a lot of people forget is that anything can be undead. And sometimes, like, I love, like, undead orcs, undead ogres. Um, I recently had a uh, session, the Provokers, where it was, they were undead saber-toothed tigers. It was skeleton nice. saber-toothed tigers, and that was nice. really cool. Um, and I, an, I just, I, I an love applying the, what's that? <laughs> I have an undead tree in my world. Oh yeah, the stuff like that is just is is awesome because you know you you always think oh a zombie you know I think of it as as a humanoid but it doesn't it doesn't have to be you know um, yeah you know undead grizzly bear just think about how terrifying that would be yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know why that was so funny that was like that was hilarious and it <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny it's supposed to be terrifying Barker it's supposed to be. Uh. I don't know. For some reason, I thought it reminded me of the Cthulhu ass game that Alex ran, and we thought it was a grizzly bear. Oh yeah, someone in the comments <laughs> did. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you guys want to make some undead? Yeah, let's sure. Do it. All right, cool. So, uh, one through four, Alex. Five, uh, six. What? We're, we're just we're, uh, just to clarify what we're doing. Uh, we're just making a new undead, or yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I I feel like the fewer rules, the better, man. All right, go for it. Alex, you're one through four. Matt, you're okay. five, six, seven, eight. And that's a two. All right. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, I'd like more time to think. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are we making? Um, eh, let's go with Undead Trolls. I like those. Okay, cool. Undead, undead trolls. trolls. All right. So, Matt, you're one through six. And that's a five. An Undead Troll. Tell me about them. So, what I'm thinking thinking is this troll was a warden of the forest he was fiercely protective of his territory and this plague kind of swept through uh, the region and tainted the forest and created sort of this dead rotting forest and all of the animals died and this troll died too but so fierce was his need to protect his territory that he rose again, corrupted by the plague that had swept through the area. And so this undead troll, with pieces of him sort of rotting away and kind of regrowing back and falling off here and there, still walks this dead, rotting forest, protecting it from anyone that would trespass. Awesome. Nice. Uh Every step that he takes, like on any plant life or any flora that's still healthy, it immediately as his foot touches down, it dies, Ooh. rotting away uh, every, with every step. And he's actually one with this plague. He's one with this energy that is in this forest. So despite his lackluster intelligence, he is still able to kind of harness these powers of... Uh, uh, like forest, uh, what what are they called? Blights, bites, blight. Oh yeah, um, yeah, uh, twig blights and twig blights. blights yeah. yeah, and can kind of control in a way. You know, he he can't Ooh. control it, but if he if he attacks something specific, the forest will also attack it, and the plague will too. So it's they they are one, and this local you know the local villages basically just call it the woodland terror. They don't know what it is. There's something in this forest. Um, we, we're, we're not going in there because every time we go in there, every time someone goes in there, they don't come out. So there's this woodland terror, and uh, we only have two members of the town guard, and everyone else is too terrified to go in. So can you guys go in for us and figure okay. it out? I got another idea. What Ooh. if the what if the troll uh, pulls off pieces of himself <laughs> to create these blights? So he sort of... You know, he knows that his arm is going to regrow back and it's kind of rotting away and falling away anyway. Oh, so he just nice. kind of cracks the bones, takes the arm off, and the arm starts kind of crawling around. And so there are troll parts 
that will attack you if you go into the woods. So you're literally getting attacked by rotting troll limbs and stuff like that. Oh, wow. See, That's dark Alex, even for me. If, if Alex said that, we'd be taking Alex. a drink, yeah. Yeah, I know. You're, I'm, de- I'm absorbing it by osmosis here. So, uh, Is there anything else you want to add to uh, the, the woodland terror, Alex? I don't know. I guess um, uh, it, it maybe it's uh, in this sort of little isolated valley, and um, there's a this, there's a sort of pond in the center of it, and it uh, there's a small kind of stream that sort of runs out of it, and perhaps the the stream is sort of tainting um, someplace way downstream, Ooh, like yeah. uh, uh, with this this strange with this strange new plague that uh, is is manifest by this undead troll. Ooh, and, and so, uh, oh. it, you know, maybe it's it's infecting people and they're becoming, uh, maybe they're becoming undead, maybe they're becoming uh, something else even. Ooh, let me jump in here. Maybe uh, their people are disappearing and they don't know why. And mm. namely, it's because when they're drinking the water, when they're, you know, taking in this this disease they are voluntarily going into the woods because they know that's where they belong now. And so this troll oh, now nice. has just minions and minions of people from this undead people from this village uh, at his disposal. As they, as they become one mm-hmm. with the tainted wood, they, they join his, his uh, ranks. I love it. I love it. So that, that could become an entirely new flavor of zombie. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, it's sort of the, the Borg zombie, you know, assimilating yeah. other life forms and, and areas oh, and people God. to its so cause. Cool. That was, that's an adventure module that we just made. I mean, that, that that's is, that really is, awesome. it's, it's called the woodland terror. There you go. Bam. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to delete welcome, that. You're welcome wizards. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we're putting it into a tangible medium. I'm taking a copyright class right now. We're putting it into a tangible medium. It's ours. That's, that's it. Uh, I don't. I don't really want to end yet. Do you guys want to make a lich? Since sure. We, I mean, it's only we're only like forty to fifty minutes in. Let's make a lich. Yeah, let's do it. All right, same numbers. Uh, oh, I was really hoping it was going to be Alex again. <laughs> it's, it's Matt. <laughs> no, I'm ready for you this time. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, Matt. What, what are we doing? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal one of my own ideas here, just because it was an idea that I was really fond of, and that was a. It is a lich, kind of. It's a lich that only got the process a little bit right. This lich, he was fairly young when he attempted to create his phylactery. He rushed the process a little bit. Maybe the ingredients weren't quite right. Maybe he, you know, got the off-brand, you know, new <laughs> guts or something like that. Acme. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the, the Kroger, um, you know, bone dust or something. But essentially, he jumped the gun on the lich process, and he's not a perfect lich. Yes, he is preserved, but his body is rotting away. He is desperately trying to find a way to redo the lich process, make himself a more perfect being, but... Until that time, he is in incredible pain uh, from his body sort of rotting away around him from this <laughs> imperfect lich ritual. All right. Alex, you're one through six, and that's a five. That's you. Oh, all right. So um, he, he, he kind of discovers that he, he hasn't solved the problem, but what, he, but what he found does work is the blood of innocence. Yep. And so what he does is he's, he's traveling around uh, which is a bit unusual for a lich, but he's traveling around in, in this sort of um, Vardo sort of uh, gypsy wagon. Oh man! And he uh, uh, he dresses up a lot. He dresses up like a clown. And what he what he does is he he throws he has these little shows for children, and he uh, but some of these children disappear after the show into his Vardo, and uh, he is using their essence to sort of keep himself. Uh, to sort of restore his flesh as as he goes, so he keep you know he does these shows and moves on, does these shows and moves on, and he's continuing to sort of fuel his um, his existence through these uh, uh, through finding these innocents as he uh, as he wanders the countryside in his guise as a as a clown. Oh man, that is absolutely terrifying, Alex. All right, I so, love it. All right, so let's. Uh, I'm going to continue getting dark with this. 
on my turn. Clown Hold witch. I gotta roll. I gotta roll. Jesus. Awesome. Did you, did you just freak yourself out, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I need to tell the viewer, uh, the listeners, uh, guys, uh, if it, if you're not comfortable with the children's party thing, it could be weddings. He could just do weddings. Bar mitzvahs, too. So, essence-wise, yes, he takes the life power from these people that he's taking, you know, literally killing them. Um, but he's also taking, because his body is falling apart, his flesh is falling off, it is constantly, his entire right side of his body is an open sore. And so he's literally using these people that he's disposing of, he's taking their skin and fusing it onto his own body. So he, the entire right side of his face, almost like a Harvey Dent type thing, all the mm-hmm. way down his body uh, looks like uh, just one big scar, um, oh, which is why he wears the clown makeup. Yeah, that yeah. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. Yeah. Oh, God. also he uh, he sings uh, <laughs> pleasant songs, like slightly off key, and you, the children <laughs> the children hear it at night as he la, as he walks down the street. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to help you with your nightmare problem there, man. Oh man. <laughs> Yep, I'm going to be having that image in my head tonight before I go to bed. That's perfect. All right. (laughs) So um, before we go, I just want to say thank you very much for all of you listeners uh, who have been listening uh, not only to our podcast on our, you know, Podbean site, but also on iTunes. That is super super helpful. And if you feel like uh, you enjoy our podcast, get on iTunes, give us a rating, and uh, write, you know, why you think we're great and if you yeah. think we're not very great you know just, just don't just don't do it <laughs> no 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 no. anybody can and anybody should yeah. so thank you very much uh yeah that's a way to really help out the podcast just leave a review and um thank you again for tuning in to roll up and die my name is barker and my name is matt from a fistful of dice and my name is alex aka captain gothnog uh. goodbye <laughs> This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of this show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.